Hi, I'm Beck Rayner, and this is the Military Wife Life podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, and embraces the spouses behind the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking wherever, whenever, and Defence Bank offers competitive products and services tailored for ADF members and defence spouses. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Welcome, Damien, founder of Younger Heroes. Thanks, Beck. Thanks for having me. I've obviously just introduced you as the founder of Younger Heroes, and some of us know about Younger Heroes and what you do within the community. But for those that don't, can you tell us a little bit about who Younger Heroes is and who it's for? Younger Heroes predominantly was set up for military families, and it was all about strengthening the um, relationships between military parent and child who may have had time away from each other and often at time away from each other sort of you know they the children miss out on a lot as does the parents so it's a program that supports and we connect with through certain things and our four core objectives are strengthening the family bonds resilience enhancing communication and working on teamwork and it's all done out in nature on a two-night three-day program so we did start with a three-night, four-day program. We've just condensed the program to suit our busy lives. So why would something, like you mentioned, going out into nature and those core values, how do they sort of relate to what needs to happen between children and defence members and, and I guess some of those gaps that may have been created with separation and deployments and, and defence life? I saw a need to bring a program in that one works with the children of um, our defence force and to do that you have to strip back especially distractions of life and and one of the main distractions in life is devices so we go tech free for the whole time and we work on certain things that will create and strengthen the bonds back out out in nature and I find doing it in nature you know releases certain endorphins and we just don't have the distractions from the outside world and the land I try and find and use predominantly has a lot of power behind it and I try and pick land with um, beautiful scenery water especially for nurturing fires are a massive part of our program for fire chats and yeah just to go back in nature and just disconnect from the outside world which is often forgotten about with our busy lives these days and we work on simple techniques to build that resilience and communication and strengthen those bonds back up out in nature and to get them away like some families you know they might be going through harder times than other families and they might be in a clinical situation so just try and get them out of the clinical situation out in nature and just have some fun together. What do you find happens when obviously the devices are removed, normal life is removed and all you've got is time on your hands and that fresh air and like you mentioned, time to to talk around the fire and, and all of those activities that obviously connect people. What do you find happens once everyone's sort of detoxed and come down from from normal busy life and devices it's really hard to explain what we actually do until you do it and i've had so many people come on the program and go wow i don't know how you do it but what you get out of people you just do it even my wife like i 
I came up with the idea of this program back in 2013. I think my wife came on the first program and I did a pilot program in 2016. So I spent a fair few years developing that, working on different courses, working the best program that would suit the military life for the children to work on these bonds. So it was a lot of years developing the program, me going out and doing certain other stuff. And then I, my wife came on the first program, probably about four programs in, and she'd lived and breathed the program like from me developing and I was bouncing and then until she did the program she went wow now I get it now I understand what you do and why you do it and what the outcomes you get but going back to what you said at the start especially with 12 year olds and even as young as nine you know going off a device is sometimes very hard because devices are such you know it's it's like a third arm for a lot of a lot of people so at the start of the program they might get a bit of a shock when you talk to them about okay we're going to go tech free for 52 hours I was like whoa you make a bit of a fun and game about how you feel. Oh, no, can't handle it, can't handle it. And I actually have a gate and I close the gate and I lock the gate and I have a discussion about, okay, that's the outside world. And I start always try to nothing less than a five kilometre walk into our campsite. And with that, I now we're going to walk up to... Um, a challenging in a challenging path up to our base and we're going to work on skills where we work together and as a team to get to our certain point and with that i want you to really disconnect from the outside world and we have to work together to get to where we are and then you talk about the disconnection from technology and then it slowly just from that moment you can see it just it's almost like the kids leave it behind the excitement and everything the thrill of doing this um, adventure walk up to our base is is really quite cool and you know to go into the every hour that passes and let the distractions from the outside world get less and less or it's so simple you just take that device away from them and they just have fun in nature they go back to their their selves or what we're meant to be doing majority of the time and it's so beautiful to see and it's quite easy to run a program once you strip away technology taking away that distraction from the outside world and even that phone you know that that parent is on so much because that's our work you know and i also talk about that as hard as it is parents we have to be on a device now and then but you also have to take yourself away from that device and connect with your children and to have and to have that not in this not in the program for 52 hours is is um is amazing. Yes, there has been some challenges over the years with some young adolescent children who may be a little bit addicted to their phone and it takes them a lot longer than uh, some other kids, but we work on it. It's amazing. It's all about dropping seeds along the way and then then, then picking up those seeds and taking what they can back home. And it's, and it's just a simplistic way to say, hey, don't waste this time and um, have device-free rooms at home device-free times at home, device-free conversations around the dinner table. That's just one element. And like the program itself is very powerful. And some children grow up without having a voice in their house. And, and that's what we try and uh, work on as well is teach that parent that that child needs a voice and you ask that, you know, just ask certain questions around certain situations to let them feel powerful, feel powerful and have a voice. So when you came up with the idea for Younger Heroes and you were developing the programs, why Defence Families? What's your connection to Defence and why were you passionate about doing something like Younger Heroes? So I came up with the concept because I knew what it was like to be a veteran's child with a father who was suffering PTSD. I, I lived it. I breathed it. My father, when I was 14, yeah, got diagnosed with uh, PTSD and was hospitalised for um, months on end. I've been that child that felt alone at times. I'd 
anger. Definitely, you know, had had certain thoughts at, at as young as 11, uh, suicidal thoughts. And I was actually coming back from uh, a friend of mine's funeral, who uh, I've lost quite a few friends to suicide. And I was coming back from his funeral and I had seven hours on the motorway, actually. Someone, uh, someone lent me there motorbike at the time to clear my head to go to this funeral. I was coming back and I was working in the drug and alcohol industry at the time as a personal trainer with and running health and fitness out of another retreat. And after losing a good friend to suicide, I just went, I've got to do something, do my bit to try and change this in mental health. And on the way back through this range, and I came up with this concept to come up with the program to help defense. I think it was 2013. So we're in the middle of, you know, one of the longest um, war conflicts of time. So that was my passion from that time on that bike was to develop a program to help prevent mental health to a point, I suppose, to help, uh, especially in the military world, because I knew it, I knew it firsthand. From then, I did a little research to see what was out there for children of the Defence Force. I couldn't see any at all. Yeah, so that's that's where it came from. And and like I said, working in uh, rehabilitation and and you know health and fitness game, I saw a lot of people's issues stem from their childhood. And I went, wow, we have to help children, and we have to get children to talk about their issues before they do get to adult life because, you know, we all know those issues will just forever and its day get bigger and bigger and will raise its weary head one day. And, and as we get older, it's harder to control those. So I just went, we've got to get these kids to talk. We've got to get these parents to listen to these children. I just went, we need to come up with a program that works with the parent and with the child. But it's one thing to have a passion and obviously you've got first-hand experience of, you know, the results of your own dad having PTSD and and the flow and effect that that had on you and your family. But that doesn't just mean that, you know, you snap your fingers and the program's created. There's a lot of hard work that goes into it. And then you're also working other job alongside it. So how did you manage, I guess, pushing forward with the concept and the idea? And, and how did you even, I guess, bring it to life? I came up with the concept in 2013. I ran the first pilot in 2016. We became a charity in 2017. So there's a number of years in between there where I did a lot of courses. I did a lot of leadership programs. I did a lot of father and son programs on certain things. I was working alongside some amazing psychologists. I bounced the idea off them a lot. I came up with this platform for a program and we pretty much haven't changed it. There's been a lot of blood, sweat and many, many, many tears. Because I am, I am working uh, a real job and this is just uh, a side passion of mine to hopefully be my full-time job one day. But until then, I'll just keep chipping away. And 2021, we're still going and we're going very strong. Nine out of 10 defence spouses wish they found out about Defence Bank sooner. Okay, I might have just made that up and they do sponsor my podcast, but I've checked them out and I think they're worth a look just for their banking app alone. It's award-winning, has cool features like fast same-day payments, card alerts and controls, and pin change functionality, savings roundups, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Fitbit Pay, Garmin Pay, the list goes on. Oh, and if you really want to go to a branch, you can. There are 33 on-base branches across Australia. Banking as a defence spouse doesn't have to be hard. For more info, visit defencebank.com.au. So who's the ideal veteran or ADF member and their family member to come on one of your programs? Is it only for people that have PTSD? Is it only for oh, people no. that... Oh, no. No, it's not just for people with um, 
PTSD or traumatic event, definitely not. We've had plenty of people, just as many families that come on the program that just want to have this time away with their child or their parent with no distractions and have that one-on-one time. And and we've seen some amazing results. And yes, we've had some families who, some fathers have just come out of a three-month PTSD program and they come on a program and it's fantastic, but we need the balance. And unfortunately, we're not a psychologically or counselling service. We are in nature and we do have a psych on the sideline majority of the time. But it's just as important if you have a great bond with your child to come on a program because, you know, where do we get this time these days to have that time in nature with with just one of your children or or some of your children yeah because obviously we have a lot of defense members that you know go on three-month deployments six-month deployments or they live away from their family because the family has stayed in a location because of schooling or whatever the case may be and the member has moved to the next posting location and they see each other every couple of months or every weekend but you know, those distances and those separations still create some gaps in their relationships that one of your programs can help with. Oh, yeah, definitely. And especially we know about in the military world, the separations of the courage and deployment, you know, that that may alter and disrupt the the parent-child relationship. And what I talk about is not only does that parent miss out on that child's life, but what that child misses out from the parent. Like, you know, the the parent misses sports events, Christmas events, birthdays, some, you know, we've heard stories of guys being over-deployed and they've missed their births of their children. And then you've got the disruption of that serving member coming back into the household, which also is, it's reconnecting with the children, it's reconnecting with the spouse, so look it'd be fantastic to get this program happening in in many many units where they've come back from deployment and integration or or whatever but at the moment we're just doing our bit and trying to reach out to many many avenues as we can to get people to do this because we've had some fantastic results and and that was the whole concept back in the days I, i thought if i can help one child move forward from going left and going that other route and doing something silly then we're doing our job and that's what it's all about is just um, doing our bit and just keep chipping away so can spouses access the programs as well can they come along or the program is developed from what i knew which was father and son we quickly changed that into females so mother daughter father daughter mother son you know whoever deploys that's the case now we can adjust it i just come back from tasmania and i rang one of the participants up the other day and i was talking to his wife actually and she said oh my god that just came back it was amazing voice she goes when are you doing a um a spouse one it's like oh <laughs> i'm good but i'm not that good so i don't know yeah. but can spouses come? Look, I won't say no, but I really need to know the situation. I have been asked many, many times if a spouse can come, but I really need to know. I'll vet them quite quite well because I can't. It is a parent and child program. I can't have a family unit coming out where the relationship between the mother and father, et cetera, is, is a bit rocky. Side note, you could just do it couples and you could call it older heroes instead yeah, of older um, heroes. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, I'm, I, I'm up for um, any support I can get and I've got this program sorted. I, um, I know there needs to be more programs, but we might need some people with a lot more letters than what I have to run a spouse one. That's what I said to this lady the other day. I said, hey, I'm good, but I'm not that good. I'm but good. like you mentioned, 
mentioned, like when you first started, you know, having the idea for Younger Heroes and sort of putting in a bit of research and found that there really wasn't much around for kids of veterans or ADF members. There, there really isn't much around. And like nah. you mentioned, it's all about getting them at a point where you still have that chance to create that impact and have that flow and effect as opposed to waiting until the problems occur. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, it's all about planting seeds. And a lot of the time back, you know, children are sponges. So if a parent has a problem, let's just say hypothetically, a parent has a traumatic event overseas and they suffer PTSD. Then that parent comes home to that household. Unfortunately, the child sees and hears a lot. So that child will develop and potentially develop, you know, a PTSD. And we know that we know this is a fact, you know, stats that that child will then develop. They say if a parent has a mental illness at 40%, that child can develop that at 60%. So it's all about one, that parent having to sort their problems out because it's not fair what they've been through and they've brought that home to their household and what that child can then develop. It has to stop. So that parent has to go out and yes, it's harder said than done, but but really work on themselves and do all they can to give that child the best upbringing that they can have because that child is, they need the best start they can. And also if that child already has, you know, suffered a little bit of trauma from parent service or stuff, we need to get to that child now at a young age and not leave it till, till later on in life and teach them how to communicate and, and talk about their problems. You know, it's a generational thing. And so what are some of the barriers that stop veterans or ADF members from signing up for the program? Would it be that they don't think that they are eligible to come on the program? They, don't, they, they think that, you know, if they take a place, they're taking it away from someone else that might need it more. Like what are some of the barriers that stop people from, I guess, signing up for a program? I think it's those four letters, PTSD. And like not everyone who deploys has PTSD, but everyone that deploys has that time away from their children child and their spouse and they need to come back and learn on connecting with their child and also Australians are a bit proud I don't know if it's just prouder or we don't you know we don't reach out for help as much I don't know what it is but it's a tough one and we can go back to World War Two. we can go back to World War One. we're generations from you know multiple wars and we know that there's been with the trauma in a household, what that affects do on a child is, is massive. So why is there not more done now? We've just been through the longest conflict of Australian war history. So why is there not been more done for our children? They're only just now doing trials of a pilot program for resources for kids between the ages of two to eight. There actually isn't anything that exists for kids before the age of five, which is when they go to school, which if their school has a defence school mentor, they can access resources. But that, you know, if their school doesn't have a defence school mentor, then they can't access anything. So parents don't even have any, aren't even given any resources or skills to be to talk their, their kids through a deployment or a separation or you know someone coming back in and going again and all of that sort of stuff like it's like they don't well, exist until they're five and yeah. even then it's put on to if you happen to have a school mentor at your school it's put on to that person all the responsibilities put onto that person. Yeah. So like I, I get I where you're coming more. from. There's just so many gaps. How do people go about signing up for a program? Obviously they, they might be thinking, okay, well, I'd really like to connect back in with my child. I don't know how to do that. Maybe they've heard about 
the program before or maybe they haven't but how do they go about looking up you know when the dates are how they can sign up all of that just go to our website www.theyoungerheroes.org and it has all our dates but yeah and just jump on a program like we need to build this so we need to get people on it to spread the word and um we need to support our kids and and you know give back to our children and you know i think a lot of defense people you know that they'll benefit from this you know the people that we've had on the program you know, all the facilitators you know i use are all done multiple multiple deployments you know they've all 90 percent of them are ex special forces you know because it just this resonates with those guys and they're fantastic facilitators and to come on a program and, and to learn from them it's fantastic it's a psychology approved actually our adelaide program um, they're going to do a study on our program so a university study will be done on our program to do the benefits of what the younger heroes is all about so that that's a that's a really good one for us as well obviously you mentioned this is your passion project you're doing it because you have first-hand experience and you know you're just so passionate in in the results that you've been seeing to keep this going but where does the funding come from? How do you keep this going and, you know, provide this for defence families? I've been lucky enough to work with some supportive business people. So they've propped us up throughout the last four years. We do run on an oil rag, but yeah, luckily enough, I've had some amazing support with them because they, they think it's a fantastic program. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we really need to take it to this next level. We need government funding without a doubt, which will just uh, help me get over to it full time, which needs to. And then we can work on you know other programs within the younger heroes and also continue to support with the people that have come on the program at the moment i have a goal to try and stay in touch with the participants that have been on the program i know that you mentioned that you would love to obviously be able to expand it so you can offer this program in every location around australia so people can easily access it but what are your future plans for younger heroes yeah to build other programs obviously a family program a spouse program and the biggest one that you know i would like to see is a follow-on program for the people who come through the younger heroes so we're building building a safe community so what i what i really want is them to go into a safety net for the rest of their lives and um, a mentorship where they can stay connected with their mentors and and also it's just a follow-on effect so say if you know little johnny comes on a program in 2021 he can then come back as a mentor in a few years later when he's a bit older and then we just work on that program and just helping it's just a flow on effect and just building a, a mentorship base for those younger heroes and also the parents to um you know stay connected well thank you so much damien for coming on the military wildlife podcast and telling us all about younger heroes and the great work that you're doing there obviously something that's definitely needed within the community especially for our defense kids thanks so much for having me I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, 
I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 